The following content has been provided by RWTH Aachen University. Now let's quickly move to audio input. This is, this is faster. Uh, first of all, we can again do audio input. Now we're talking about the computer actually uh, detecting stuff. Um, we can communicate audio in the form of noise. We can speak to our computers, you know, voice uh, recognition, of course. And we can also, if we're really into it, you know, provide melodies to a computer and, and sing to them. Who knows? Um, simplest one is noise. Uh, you use raw audio data to trigger events, right? You know, it's the famous turn on the lamp, you know, something that's been around for like 50 years. Um, or monitor the noise level in a room to switch between remote sites displayed and multi-party video conferences. That's actually a feature that you find in commercial systems these days when you have like big video conferencing systems that work to capture an entire room with professional grade audio installations and microphones and stuff. They will actually, and there's like five uh, sites connected, they will put that site big up on the, on, on, on the big screen that currently is talking. And when they stop talking and somebody else on another site starts talking, Tokyo starts talking, Tokyo ends up on the big screen automatically just by recognizing the noise levels. Um, Google, Google, uh, Google Hangout does these things. Uh, somebody who's speaking, um, you know, basically uh, the camera uh, image is then, is then shown. It even works that way that with, you know, panning and tilting cameras that will, if, if we have a, a voice, uh, if we have a room conference system here, we got one of those over in, in the other room, uh, it will, you know, move to you if you start speaking. So there's this, these kinds of uh, localizations are, are pretty standard these days. Or something I would often wish I had was my phone automatically adjusting its uh, ringing volume based on the um, you know, noise level of what's going on around me, um, rather than me setting it to silent when I come into the class and then forgetting to turn it back on uh, when I leave. This is simple, used in commercial devices and applications today, so not very exciting. What's a little more interesting, of course, is speech. Um, probably the most interesting area of audio input, and we've seen huge progress here in the last three to five years, I would say. Um, the structure of speech, and I want to here explain some more of the things I talked about with TTS systems, um, is that speech is basically built out of 40 atomic phonemes. Uh, these will sound, however, different depending on context, and that creates then the slightly higher number of allophones um, in which uh, phonemes are co-articulated, so put behind each other. When you have these 120 allophones, you actually have recorded all the sounds that appear in a language. You then take these and form them into morphemes, and those are the smallest meaningful language units, like the word I in English would be a morpheme because it means something. Um, <clears throat> so typically, maybe like two phonemes would morph into an allophone, um, and allophones would morph into morphemes. I've talked about prosody already, the variations in tone, emphasis, pitch, pause, uh, which adds a lot more meaning to sentences. Now the problem of speech input, meaning the computer now needs to recognize speech, which is of course even harder than synthesizing speech, is a whole lot of different things. First difference is um, speaker dependency. So if you build a system that recognizes your speech, it can actually get pretty good. If it has to recognize everybody's speech, Ideally, without training, like today's you know, Siri and, and, and similar systems do, it's much harder, and it will make more mistakes. And that's because of accents, intonations, or stressing different syllables, or, or volume, 
or uh, other things. Second thing that will de uh, decide how good a speech um, recognition system is is vo vocabulary. If you build one only for a very limited set of wor words, it's pretty easy. Right? If it's supposed to recognize anything under the sun, very hard. Again, that's obvious. Background noise is also really critical. You know, Herman Nye has a lot to say about this. Um, having a system that has to work in everyday environments when you're in a smartphone on a bus you know, and recognizing stuff, um, um, that's really difficult. Then we create these uh, 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 you know, noise in between that don't really mean anything and you guys are able to just filter these out and get what I'm trying to say, but a computer has to do that as well and that's not easy. And then finally there's the, 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 the well-known problem of semantics, of course. Um, if a system doesn't actually know what I'm trying to say, then the speech recognition is, isn't really done. Right? Because just recognizing the phonemes doesn't mean yet that I have understood what the, what the person is trying to say. This is partly also because you've got, for the same semantics, there's lots of syntax combinations, like you know, turn on the lights, or uh, switch the light on, or uh, lights on please, all these things are supposed to mean the same things. Um, and these are sort of technical challenges of speech input. But um, speech isn't always a good choice in general because we know that speech is actually um, something that has a higher cognitive load. For example, um, speaking while thinking is actually hard. So if I had to figure out what are these slides meaning here and trying to explain it, I would be getting slower and slower and slower. On the other hand, what's actually easier is, for example, to um, speak and type. You know, that's actually a little easier because we're using different brain regions in that particular case. So speech has some challenges in, you know, when, in technicality and it has some challenges in processing by, um, by the computer and, and the human alike. The state of the art um, is typically that we get recognitions in the high 90s for a single user, uh, limited vocabularies and grammars, discrete words and a constant environment. So when you only say discrete words, like, you know, my car will recognize, for example, only telephone, and then saying a name out of a limited vocabulary. Um, whereas if you're trying to talk to this thing like Siri, where you can say something in every day, uh, it's more challenging. But uh, it's getting there, right? So we're seeing, for example, um, uh, recognition systems like, like Siri being uh, you know, very, very much able to follow along. But it's not there yet that you would really rely on it all the time for everyday tasks. So oftentimes I find myself having to go back and correct things that I, that I said and that it misunderstood. Um, <coughs> but it's uh, still practical for speaker-independent tasks. Uh, for example, um, voice dialing in cars will not actually learn your voice. It will just work. Um, or phone service menus when you, you know, get into a phone and, and you've got an, a, a menu that you can talk yourself through. Different from speech recognition is voice recognition. Just recognizing, is it me speaking or is it you speaking? You know, for security, um, that's, for example, uh, by now accepted in, in, in court as a, for example, secure login to a computer. Uh, but it does have problems. If I catch a cold, my computer won't let me log in anymore. And so there are these, these issues. 
Some more challenges, you know, if, you, if it, it gets difficult is with wide open vocabularies, changing environments, unlimited grammars, and of course, continuous speech. You guys are disambiguating. You are constantly chopping. Your brains are chopping what I'm saying into individual words and then processing what I'm saying, although it's a continuous stream of sound. And that's a really uh, challenging task. And that's what makes uh, you know, continuous speech recognition so much harder than individual words. Because that chopping up what I'm saying is actually not always easy, right? Um, you could say the sentence, how to recognize speech, and I could mean how to recognize speech, but I could also say how to wreck a nice speech, right? That's a standard phrase that um, uh, you know, speech input researchers like to use to illustrate how easy it is to get a meaning you know, drastically wrong uh, just by you know, mishearing it. There's uh, some commercial success, I think, is in particular in specialized vocabulary areas, and we're seeing uh, great use, um, for example, for indexing. If you take, for example, um, newscasts on TV, um, they can run speech recognition over these things, recognize just some index words, and it can be off sometime, but, but that doesn't matter, because you then use that text to index your video. So if you need to find where somebody said Obama, you will find that word somewhere recognized in your video, and then you can jump there to make it easier to navigate video or find pieces in a video. But like I said, um, the, the commercial success, I think, is rapidly improving here um, into general purpose use. And uh, we're probably still a couple years out before um, this really becomes as useful as Apple and others are trying to make us think it already is. Um, one more thing that you can do with audio input would be melody. So uh, you could use musical input, which would mean you could either record music, um, use synthetic data or, or actual audio data, um, or use it to search something. And that's actually something that you've probably uh, maybe used yourself, Shazam. You know, you hold it up to your radio and it will tell you what sound, what, what tune is currently playing. That is actually fairly easy because it can do uh, a one-to-one -one mapping because it's listening to the exact same recording of that song by the same band, the same sounds, etc. What's even harder is if you say, I would like the system to, I would like to hum a tune to this, like go da-da-da-da, and the system is supposed to find out what tune that is. That's actually more challenging. But that's possible as well. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to build a really, really crappy version of that back in the 90s in a little exhibit I built. Um, but nowadays, uh, that has advanced a lot. And so searching uh, musical databases, there's a whole conference series on, um, you know, what is it called, music information retrieval or something, uh, that, will, that will deal with that. So in summary, um, audio input uh, can go from noise over speech um, to, to melodies, for example, querying by humming, as it's called oftentimes. Uh, but the matching problems there are challenging. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.